All right, welcome in everyone. It's week three of the NFL season. This is the in-between fantasy football podcast, your destination for both some feel-good fantasy football and life advice. If you're new to the show, I'm Seth Woolcock, the founder of the company, joined as always by my bro Chacho, my amigo, my esteemed co-host, Thomas Kuda. What's up, Tom? Hey, my dude, you know, it is a beautiful day here in Florida. <laughs> the first day of fall yesterday. Doesn't feel like that here. <laughs> so today we're going to be uh, attempting to help you after what was a really devastating week in the NFL. Uh, out of the top 36 picks, uh, off the top of my head, I could think of nine that I've already missed or will miss time. Uh, that's closing in on a third uh, at least over 25% of of these top three round picks. You know, you can find myself on Twitter at between Seth underscore FF. You can find Tom on Twitter as well at Thomas Kuda. Uh, you find the show, the site, everything we have going on at in between media at IBT underscore media. We got content a flowing right now. I'd say so, Tom, we got new columns coming out uh, Tuesday through Saturday. We got content coming out right before the one o'clock games got this podcast coming out as well it's been a been a pretty packed pretty packed couple of weeks what do you think tom i mean it has been a beautiful uh mess if you will (laughs) stuff coming out every day i mean obviously it's not just you and i doing everything we've got some great writers with us but yeah it's been (laughs) it's definitely been wild hitting like the ground running in the first season absolutely absolutely uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, uh, five stars, that'd be awesome. We really appreciate that. That goes a long way for us here as we kind of get our feet running here into the season. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Google Pod, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, and Deezer. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to jump right into it. We got a lot to cover today, Tom. Oh yeah, so much to cover. <laughs> All right, we're going to we're going to try to we're going to try to do what we try to do in life a lot of the time when it's hard to make sense of what's going on around you. We're going to try to laugh a little bit, have a little bit of fun and uh, try to give you some good advice while we do it. Uh, let's get ready for some headline hijinks. <laughs> NFL is devastated by injuries in week two. Season of sadness. Cause you had a bad day, you take it one down, you sing a sad song just to turn it around. You said you don't know, you tell me don't lie, you work at a smile and you go COVID just drafted someone else. Uh, so Tom, I mean, coming into the season, the storylines that we were expecting were going to be COVID related. Uh, you know, I hats off honestly to the NFL, the organizations, the players for taking this seriously. Uh, we saw some coaches get fined on Sunday for actually not wearing their masks. So people were taking it seriously and I think it's paying off in dividends for them. Uh, but Tom, uh, a slew of injuries here early, early in, in week one and two, I mean, We've seen some injuries that might hold some big-name players out for a couple of weeks. The George Kittles, the Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey on Sunday was hurt as well. Uh, and then we also had some really unfortunate season-ending injuries here. Uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley with the torn ACL. That was the, the headliner. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, he was, Tom, we talked about it, I think our final podcast of the year last season who was a guy I was most excited to watch this season. And Cortland Sutton was definitely up there. And, uh, you know, before, I feel like before we kind of dig into, you know, we can go through, list off all these injuries quick and, you know, we jump into how how we're going to dissect them. But I I think something I really wanted to touch about is something I wrote about in a column last weekend. You know, these players, while, while our job as fantasy analysts and fantasy podcast hosts in this show specifically is to, dissect all this news and what it means for fantasy uh i think there is a human element that needs to be more prevalent in this too i mean these are stop on a dime type of moments for these players i mean they're spending you know especially the ones with torn acls achilles like they're spending the next six to nine months like not really able to to live a normal life and 
Tom, I think it's just something that's uh, been a lot overshadowed in the industry. And while we can't solely focus on that because we are a fantasy football podcast, uh, I think there's definitely a place place for it here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, injuries are always the worst part of the season, especially when they're, you know, in a lot of cases, ACL tears are non-contact injuries, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's just really an unfortunate thing to see it be so bad so early this year. Um, I really hope that, you know, coming into week three, things will settle down. But, I mean, you have to just give a lot of support and energy to those players, you know. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a spare minute and you see one of them active on social media, I mean, you could just, you know, throw them a thanks and mm-hmm. tell them you're thinking of them. Yeah. Just, you know, engage in a positive way. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Too many times it's, you know, oh, what a waste of a pick. And, you know, while injuries are something that I at least look in, look into in, in my rankings coming into the season, uh, you know, not, not I don't want to take a victory lap at all, but I was a guy who actually had Zeke over Barkley just, just because of more the consistency and, you know, we've seen the proven production. But injuries also have a thing to thing to do with that. And, uh, but, I mean, it, it, it's tough, man. Tom, what uh, as we move forward here, what do you think are the the biggest injuries that you're seeing uh, affecting these fantasy owners' rosters right now? Um, obviously, Saquon, probably the biggest one. I mean, potentially losing a 101, 102 pick. You know, somebody you were counting on to be the backbone of your team, basically. You know, your most sometimes just outright win you weeks by themselves, mm-hmm. like that type of player. That's definitely a difficult one. Um, obviously, like, I mean, Michael Thomas isn't a season ender, but same thing. Anybody in the first round Christian that's McCaffrey injured right too, now. Man, that, that's, that's yeah, tough. Christian McCaffrey, he's out for weeks now. That's tough. I mean, we finally got the Buccaneers wide receivers back healthy, which has been nice because they really haven't been out there healthy at the same time. Uh, it looks like Kenny G's on his way back, which is great to see. Miles Sanders is out there again sending it this weekend. Uh it's just, I mean, it's tough right now. I, but, Tom, what is some advice you think that, you know, obviously we need to be paying attention to the waivers and the general things, but is there anything else you can really prescribe to kind of help help people just uh, get through this right now and, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, I mean, definitely... You know, play your waivers, get, try to get yourself your backups, your fill-ins, everything like that. Um, short of that, I guess mostly it's just stay positive, you know, understand that it's still early in the season, mm-hmm. um, especially with this much variance. You know, right now take, like, the New York backfield. Uh, you know, there's going to be three guys, running backs there yeah, right. jockeying for a position. So there's a few weeks there where you just don't know who it's going to be. So maybe you take two of the three of them and or, hope for the best. Or, or you don't take any. Or you don't take any. Yeah, yeah. you could just <laughs> try to avoid it altogether. But you definitely have options, and there's not a cause for panic yet. Because if you lose the next couple of weeks while you're getting your stuff figured out, you can still make the playoffs. Yeah. It, it, know, it's, no doubt about it. It's still early. I, I guarantee you with the way we've been seeing injuries, uh, two big takeaways from this. One, I think preseason is going to be a thing for a while because even if it's just a little light repetition for these starters, I think it does do something for their bodies. Uh, I think that's a big takeaway. And the second is that it is a long season. Other people are going to have injuries as well. So you're not out of this thing yet. Uh, we're going to get you ready. We're going to we're gonna talk about some replacement players later in the show. But Tom had a great idea. We're going to talk about some, uh, so, some fun storylines here as we head into week three of the season. Who are the surprise teams with 0-2 starts? Cry, Eagles, cry. Falcons relive their Super Bowl glory. Blow a 20-point lead in Dallas. Cause you had a bad day. You take one down. Yeah, it, it, it's been, it's, there have been quite a few surprising 0-2 starts around the NFL, Tom. I mean, obviously there have been some teams like the Broncos who kind of just got plagued with injury pretty early and uh, I guess you could put the Eagles a little bit in, in that category too, but were they ever really healthy? We've been talking about literally Tom since the early, early July that the Eagles were depleted and it's just gotten worse. 
the line's been awful. Carson Wentz been get, has been getting hit hard, been banged up already this season. Uh, to me, you know, we're still waiting on Deshaun Jackson to appear, it seems like. We've seen a little bit of Jalen Rager, but not really worth a roster spot, in, unless in really deep three wide receiver leagues, in my opinion. Uh, Tom, I, I think, honestly, this season, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think the only consistent options that you want to be playing every week outside of Superflex League is the tight ends and Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I have Carson Wentz in Dynasty, and I'm even starting to sweat a little there because he, he just hasn't been the same since the back injury. I mean, there's, you know, weeks where he'll hit good form and he'll look like, mm-hmm. you know, the Carson Wentz that was headed for a Super Bowl. And then other times he'll just struggle. Uh, like, I don't know. it. I would have to – I saw an interesting stat the other day, but I, I can't quite remember what it was. But it was just noting that pre-back injury and post-back injury, like his average QBR dropped right. like, pretty significantly. Right. I, you know, we obviously know his touchdown pace with Alshon Jeffrey on the field is like – 32 touchdowns and without it it's 18 so it he you know this is not anything abnormal for him but I think I think the line has a huge thing to do with it and but he also like like you see him kind of just not step into some of these throws too and kind of just gimp some of these throws down the field a little bit which is I don't know it's just not it's not Carson Wentz and I think by the end of the season he he could maybe pick it up he's a slow starter he's been that way before but yeah, I, I, right now I'm not starting at any Eagles players outside Dallas Goddard. He's been a great storyline. Uh, him and Zach Ertz. Uh, I will take a victory lap on that one, though, Tom, because I did come in here <laughs> all summer, and I, I said these guys. I, I think I literally said in a podcast that these guys could be uh, Aaron Hernandez and, and Rob Gronkowski type of plays this year. And I actually heard that on one of the, 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 the mainstream podcasts this last week, so that made me happy. <laughs> Good. I mean, yeah, heck yeah. Take take your victory lap. You know, they're the two probably the two best pro- producers on a team that's really just shockingly bad right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I think because of these injuries, they're going to be a bad team. And another bad team, Tom. You mentioned it. The Atlanta Falcons. They did not look. Good blowing that twenty point lead to Dallas. Wow, that was a crazy onside kick too. Yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> it's just wild to me. It's it is amazing to me for all the talent that they have on that freaking team that they just can't get it together right now. Like it's, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for them honestly, but it seems like choking has become a bit of their mo. Now, fantasy-wise, I mean, you're still pretty happy. Like, if you have Calvin Ridley, woo. Yeah. But that, <laughs> Boy, are you happy right now. I mean, him or Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage and Matt Ryan, but there's some questions around Holio right now, I'll be honest. Uh, he dropped that one touchdown from Russell Gage, which was a, a dime. You were probably you were probably in your glory when you saw Russell Gage back there ripping one down to Holio, and he drops it. But, I mean, there's questions with Holio, and there's questions with Gurley right now, too. I... I was offered a trade this week, Tom, not officially, but it was mentioned, and, and and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it, and this is how crazy things have gotten two weeks in, and tell me if I'm crazy, but I was offered Todd Gurley and Terry McLaurin for Joshua Kelly, Miles Gaskin, and CeeDee Lamb. Ooh, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I don't know, because Gurley is, he, they're really, really keeping him, like... I mean, it's arthritis, you know. There's only so much working through it you can do to an extent. I know. Like, it's, it does. it's going to change who he is as a player and how he performs. It's just like they don't get him involved in the passing game. Brian Hill and, like, Ito Smith was getting some goal line carries the other day. That's when I was, like, that's when I – if I didn't see Ito Smith – running down the field, catching passes, going for goal line carries, I would, I probably would have taken that deal because it's Todd Gurley. He was a third-round pick. But looking back, I mean, looking at it now, man, Josh Kelly, he's got 25 carries coming in in week two. Obviously, he's not going to get that every week, but we'll, we'll talk more. I, I do want to talk about Josh Kelly later in the show. I'm super hyped up about this guy. But, yeah, man, I mean, you like I like the receiving options a lot. I, I was able to actually go out and get Russell Gage in a couple weeks this morning, uh, a week after we had talked about him. So I, I think these Falcons receivers are going to be they're going to be studs. Also, Matt Ryan. 
is a stud. He just whips so many yards right now. It is ridiculous. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, in standard PPR scoring, he's uh, he is currently ranked number 10, 9 overall in the season. Wow. wow. So, like, he's definitely... If, if you were someone who's, like, a big Matt Ryan fan or you got him late, good on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, f- funny, funny story about Mr. Ryan, actually. He is actually my girlfriend's uh, sister-in-law's first cousin. Well, that's that's wild. Yeah, they, they, they like, have all these pictures with him and, you know, jerseys and everything. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, Bro, you need to get that hookup. Hey, that'd be a cool interview for the pod one day, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm sure Mr. Ryan's a little busy right now with the season as uh, – <laughs> As things are things are going things are going uh, not according to plan. If you if you would look in the standings right now, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that now. Who are the surprise teams with two and those starts? John Gruden, Madman, or Secret Genius? Alive! It's alive! It's alive! Cardinals over the cliff. All right, Tom, I, I want to talk about uh, Mr. Gruden and, and the Raiders first real quick. Uh, what are you thinking about Las Vegas here two weeks in? They just had a shocking Monday night win against the New Orleans Saints. Pretty dominant. Yeah, uh, I honestly don't know what to think. I mean, I've been memeing on the Raiders and Gruden since the day they hired him <laughs> and paid him way too much friggin' money. And, you know, then they sell off Khalil Mack, blow up half their roster, just started trading pieces out for picks and, you know, who just couldn't really think that it would work out well for them. Obviously two games isn't, you know, they're not Super Bowl yet, but it is surprising to me that they're doing pretty well. Obviously fantasy production wise, you really care about, you know, Jacobs, Waller, uh, hopefully Ruggs eventually. I mean, he's like, okay, you don't want Derek Carr still. At least I don't. Superflex, but, he's, he's an okay play in Superflex. I he, think that's about it. Yeah, he's okay Superflex. Really, it's just Josh Jacobs at, yeah. and Walt that you're focusing on. But in a pure football sense, I'm just genuinely shocked that they're doing this well. To be honest, like let's not forget the Raiders were in the playoff hunt pretty much all season last year. Uh, they had they had a lot of injuries. I think that that hurt them. Their defense was bad. As I still don't think their defense. I don't think their defense is great. I think that was more about Drew Brees being uncomfortable without Michael Thomas on Monday night. But I, I I'm not super surprised as everyone else is. I feel like just because I thought the Raiders were pretty good last year. Darren Waller's a hell of a player and. People need need. They were disrespecting him in drafts this season, and he should have been in that in that top four or five mix. He's, I think, he's just as valuable at this point as Zach Ertz and uh, and Mark Andrews, which which hurts me to say, as I'm a Zach Ertz <laughs> truther as, as they come. But I also have Darren Waller in a lot of leagues, and you know, he's a guy who he is dominant. They lined him up everywhere on the field. And I think what this team has now that it didn't is it has Brian Edwards and it has Henry Ruggs. And while they're not fantasy contributors right now, they're people who stretch the field and you, ha- you have to play a safety deep with Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards, he's, he was ca- making contested catches. That's what he was known for in college. I think this just opens up the door for Darren Waller to be dominant. And if they keep having a game plan where they are featuring Darren Waller, giving him 14, 15 looks, and Josh Jacobs can carry the ball over 25 times again, I mean, there are those little bit of injury concerns. He was on and off a little bit there at the end, but he came back in and made the runs at the end. Tom, how high are you on Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs right now? I mean, Josh Jacobs, sky's the limit. And the injury concerns there, but right now, like, it's just, it's too good not to, not to just be over the moon excited about him and kind of the same with Darren Waller like uh I was a big Waller guy like pre his like official breakout breakout right like right. the the off season in between um right before his breakout I went and acquired him where I could and I was drafting him like he was the guy I was targeting that year because mm-hmm. I usually go late for tight ends and I mean, boy, did he pay off. And it's just one of those things where, like, you're right. Now they have uh, players to stretch the field. And as long as Derek Carr can 
nail a dime deep here and there when they blow coverage, they're going to have to leave him so many options Mm -hmm. working under in, you know, those short routes and getting the ball to Waller. So, yeah, I I definitely am very high on him, both Jacobs and Waller, for the rest of the season. Yeah, Jacobs is honestly a guy, if he stays healthy and the Raiders can stay in games like they did on Monday night, Jacobs could, especially with CMC and Barkley now, Jacobs is probably a top three running back. Like, I, oh, I, 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 yeah, I think I, 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 I already kind of thought he did. I already kind of thought like he was a guy, man. I, I, you know, we talked, Tom, he was your all in pick. He was a guy. And when he, I will say he was the one all in pick that no one debated on this show. When you said Josh Jacobs, we all said, yeah, like he's a guy who could be, if all goes well, a top, top three running back this year. And he's probably well on his way now. Yeah, definitely. So stay healthy, my guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the Cardinals, Tom, they've been equally as impressive too right now. They're surprisingly 2-0. and uh, Wins in week one over the Niners when they were healthier and the Washington football team here in week two. Uh, Kyler looks like a guy who could win MVP. He looks like he might be the Lamar Jackson of this year. Obviously, you paid a higher price than you did Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes the year before, but he looks like that guy. Uh D Hop looks. I'll be honest. I, I think I was wrong about D Hop, man. I mean, I still had him as a top five receiver, but I didn't get him in any leagues because I really, I, I was honestly kind of like, like sore from OBJ the year before. You know what I mean? Like, like him going to a new team, and we've seen this before. And I, it was actually in our fifty tips that there's only been one wide receiver one in his first season with a new team since since 2012 and that was Brandon Marshall and he was you know he's he's an exception and I think D Hop was going to be an exception the whole time but I just didn't realize he was probably going to be maybe the one of the top three receivers if not the wide receiver one this season and uh so what's your opinion on D Hop Kyler a little praise for them there obviously doesn't look like there's much other fantasy relevancy in this offense right now other than Kenyon Drake yeah um it's definitely been an interesting thing to see. I mean, I think, you know, I thought the Cardinals might do okay, but I did not think they would do this well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray is just out there ripping it right now in the best way. I mean, he ran for two touchdowns. Obviously, probably won't keep that up forever, but there is definitely any concern the conventional wisdom about, you know, receivers in their first year on a new team is just out the window now. Like DeAndre Hopkins has once again proven that he is just the guy and yeah. he knows how to get out there, how to play football, how to win games and it's just amazing. Like it's been a lot of fun to watch this, you know, air raid like aggressive offense just the going out there nailing dimes all day uh there it's fun it's their fun team to watch for sure man like do you, I, I know he's on a crazy pace and it's not sustainable right now but i just want everyone to realize that deandre hopkins is on pace for 176 receptions this year Ooh. <laughs> yeah you're right there's no way that stays but that's that's what i mean like he just busted out of the gate he's like, getting he's getting hard. volume and it really seems like Nobody else in this offense, unfortunately, is is fantasy relevant in the receiver aspect. Larry Fitzgerald, he's got, you know, he's had eleven receptions on twelve targets. Uh, you you like to see that, but Christian Kirk's been a disappointment. Dude just does not make the most out of his opportunities. He's seen targets and just has not made the most out of it. Only has three receptions on the season. Uh, you should be cutting Christian Kirk, I think. And Tom, the one thing I want to bring up though is. Kenyon Drake seems like he might have been overdrafted a little bit. I know hindsight's twenty twenty, and you needed RBs around that one-two turn, but he looks like he's more of a uh, RB two than an RB one. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I think you might be right. You know, this is the one thing I think we talked about most every time we talked about him was just the uncertainty and what a permanent role looks like right, for him. Right. Um. Now, like we said earlier, obviously Kyler has been running a lot, and I have a feeling they'll want to tone that back a little just to not risk an injury, and that could benefit him. I mean, you know, the last week he wasn't in a horribly inefficient or anything. He was 4.3 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. 
No, but yeah, he hasn't been bad. I mean, he has had 36 attempts on the season, 146. That's pretty good. That's over, you know, 16, 17 attempts per game. And uh, you would definitely like to see him a little more involved in the passing game, though. I think that's kind of what what's missing for me. Uh, he's perfect yeah. four for four in targets and receptions, but. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that I don't go... I'm holding Kenny and Drake if I have him. I'm not trading him at this point. I'm waiting him to, to have a big game because he will have a big game, and it, it could be this week. But I think he's a more high-end RB2 than a low-end RB1, and, and what that was what people were thinking. Yeah, definitely. Especially, like you said, like, you know, last week he got 16 attempts. At, uh, this week he got 20. You know, if, if he hangs somewhere around 15 to 20 attempts every game and yeah. he needs to have, like, five or six targets and four receptions to make up for that. Right, right. So I, I definitely agree. He's someone like, I'll hold him and just see what happens. But it might be, like, the same thing last season. After his blow-up game, the first thing I did in our Dynasty League was trade him uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Just sold him for whatever I could get. No regrets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's jump into our final headline here, Tom, uh, and talk about who we like for the big game this year. What is your way-too-early Super Bowl headline? Seahawks, Ravens, Battle of the Birds. Chiefs, Packers, Goat Battle. All right, Tom, uh... I like your I like your Super Bowl prediction a little better than mine. Probably that would have been maybe mine if uh, you hadn't got in there first. But talk about Ravens Seahawks, man. What uh, just overall you you think there are two teams that are lighting it up right now that can make it to the end? Yeah, I think this season. Um, I mean, especially the injury concerns. And this is just like a gut feeling for me. But this seems like one of those seasons where the difference between a good team and a great team is going to be down to what your quarterback is up to. Like, if teams are getting injured, uh, if injuries are running pretty rampant, I mean, and we haven't even talked, we only talked about the offensive side. A lot of teams are having also a lot of defensive players get injured. So if you're on a team that's just like, okay, like if you take the Raiders, for instance, you know, if Josh Jacobs does get hurt, you know, or Darren Waller. I don't see them. I don't see them just winning games every no, week. But no. you take like the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. I mean, the guy played without an offensive line for like three seasons and made the playoffs pretty much every year. He's made so, he's made great receivers out of out of guys no one really knew coming in. Yeah, the dude has an iron will. Like he wills <laughs> the team to win games. Yeah, and, that was something like, special. We were talking about like Kyler for MVP. Like it, I think Russ, my guy, he's gonna get. This is his year, but it's it's just that kind of thing. So there's like only a handful of teams that I think have quarterbacks who just will wins out of their team, just pull them out of nowhere. And that's, you know, obviously like the Chiefs, the Packers, Baltimore, uh, Seahawks. Uh, let's see who else. I mean, right now Cam's looking pretty nice. Maybe like Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, maybe the – Patriots this year got that kind of fire in them. Yeah, and, and Tom, I think that's a theme running throughout our picks here. I'll be honest for you, um, I I had the Cowboys in there before the Packers, but I the defense just isn't good enough. I I, I think they have good offensive talent. I just don't think the defense is good enough. But I mean, the Ravens, man, they which I think this actually might hurt Lamar Jackson. They're a more complete team this season with with Dolby back there. Old old Dolby, your guy Dolby, fucking tearing it up. <laughs> Uh, I mean, dude, like, like they're a complete team. They have a good defense now, and you know the Chiefs, the Packers. I feel like they're kind of in that same wheelhouse. I mean, that we saw the Chiefs' offense struggle a little bit, which was kind of weird in Week Two, but I think Andy Reid will kind of figure out what what was going on there. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll start cracking some some knuckles. He'll he'll be studying that tape aggressively. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, like we talked about last week a little bit, I think the Chiefs' offense is changing. Uh, we haven't really seen the air raid as much this season, so it'll, it'll be good. Hopefully, Clyde Edwards-Alaire can get more evol- involved in Week Three coming up here. And the Packers, I th- if, if Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams can stay healthy, they're another team. They're they're kind of like the Raiders in the aspect of if they lose one of those two guys for a long period of time, they're not making the Super Bowl, but. I really think Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are that good of players right now that, like, 
Aaron Jones has been doubted his whole career. Can we give this man just some respect? I know. I mean, I you've been talking about, like I had him and I traded him because I was worried that he was going to lose his role. Yeah. And you know, he comes out this year and just just runs down. I mean, absolutely incredible game for him. He's amazing. Uh, oh man, I mean, I'll be honest, like like I feel like we did an injustice to summer not really talking about him much. I, I think maybe we mentioned him in the breath that we are a little more concerned with uh, I just thought I w- we would see more of a committee. I, I did. I thought we would. And obviously, though, Aaron Jones is just that guy. He's that guy. And that dude deserves to get a bag. Who Whoever is paying. Like, we've seen a lot of running backs get paid in the last couple weeks here. Joe Mixon, Dalvin, Kamara. Uh, we need to see Aaron Jones get paid. Devontae something special. And how about your guy Chris Carson, man, from Seattle? That guy, he's looking like Aaron Jones out there catching these passes right now. Oh, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I me just too. figured. Me too. He's like, nice. I was like, yeah, he'll be solid, you know, when they need him to go out there and do stuff. He'll get it. But, man, oh, man, he's like, I can see why Pete Carroll's been hyping this man. So, like, <laughs> he's, as long as he can stay healthy. Chris Carson is such an interesting player because I remember him from a couple years ago being an interesting waiver ad a few weeks into the season when Eddie Lacy was still on the team for Seattle, and that was supposedly their guy. Carson came in, had a couple big weeks, injured, was out for the season, came back the next year, had a good year again. He was kind of doubted by a lot of people, uh, lower valued in drafts, delivered but was injured throughout the season. Last season came in. And he had a couple off games, but he pretty much was was a stud last year. And again, he was someone who, I mean, he was drafted early in a lot of redrafts that I played in. People in the industry liked him, but in less competitive leagues, he was a guy you could have grabbed later. And I feel like I wish I would have had more stocks in him. He looks amazing right now. Yeah, he does. He, I mean, the Seahawks are really just, you know, firing away and, as long as they keep having a high power offense like this, he's definitely going to be receiving many of the benefits of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Respect to Chris Carson. Just you can tell the the off season work he has put into to kind of up his game to another level. Uh, th- this guy's going to be probably an RB one in my in my taking going going the rest of the way here. And uh, speaking of you know players who have kind of worked hard to get where they are. Tom, we're gonna we're gonna jump into some weekly advice here. Kind of help everyone out after this crazy week too. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there who are pressing that panic button right now. Weekly. So, uh, our first question here, Tom, is you lost your first round pick. What are you doing now? How do we move forward here? Uh, it's obviously devastating. If you had CMC, he's out for a couple weeks. Barkley, MT shut down. Uh, w- one of those guys. What are you doing? Well, for me, um, I think just an overall tone is I'm going to be most likely changing my play style. I mean, I've said it before. I'm a pretty... Um, you know, I, I like to go for the sure thing. I'm not necessarily the most high-risk player ever. But when injuries like this happen, you kind of have to be. So if you're, like, coming into a week where you're debating, you know, your flex spot, and let's say you have, you know, you just picked up, like, uh, you have Devin Singletary, and let's say you went and threw in, like, for an in-kill Harry, you know, this week because he is starting to emerge a little bit with the Patriots. So, you know, you look at Devin Singletary, he's got nine nine carries, ten carries, solid floor. Like, it doesn't look like he's going to go much below that 10, 10 points per game mark. So he's the kind of person that I would normally plug into my flex spot. Like somebody who's a more high floor player, right, right. but also ceiling's pretty low. But in this case, I might be tempted to say, you know, Cam's out there balling right now. Um, clearly he's starting to develop a rapport with Keel, and I have to make up for a bunch of points that I'm out from either Saquon, MT, whoever it may be. So I'm probably going to start the person who could go out there and blank put up a goose egg because the truth is if they blank and put up a goose egg, I probably lost anyway. But if they go out there and ball put me up 20 points, 
that could be the difference between me winning a tight game or me losing one. So I think that your overall philosophy needs to alter a little bit just because you're going to take the beats anyway. If you play it safe, you're you're probably losing games. You need high upside. That I think that's basically at, at the end of the day what you're trying to say in in a in a tunnel. Yeah. Tom is absolutely is you got to play those high upside guys, and I think that honestly ties into what what I want to say here as my advice is. I know it's we get very caught up in ADPs and we look at players for the first week or two in that mindset. Okay. Chris Carson, that dude, the third or fourth round pick. Well, hey, if 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 we drafted right now again, Chris Carson would be a second round pick, an early second round pick. Same with Jonathan Taylor, guys like that. And I think now you need to start. You need to get away from that average draft position, ADP, as we call it on the show, Tom. Uh, I mean, you need to get away from that, and you need to start thinking of things like long term and retrospectively. Like there are guys out there right now who we knew nothing about two weeks ago who could literally be top 24 top 25 guys at the position how about james robinson that guy's looked great he's been getting all the touches there in the jackson jacksonville backfield what about joshua kelly man this is a guy i love joshua kelly coming into the season i thought i had him on a lot of teams uh kind of just on maybe as that last pick of the draft and justin jackson's been hurt and it looks like like one of the observations i've made tom and i i feel like these observations are keys is for years, we saw Seattle kind of as the most like run-heavy team. Last year, we saw uh, San Francisco and Baltimore really be the teams to run it just a ton. This year, it seems like the Los Angeles Chargers are going to be that team. Uh, they have over eighty. They have eighty-three rushing attempts in their first two games. Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly both seen over thirty-five attempts. I think that backfield alone is is going to produce a lot of fantasy points. And I think Joshua Kelly's a guy right now who if you if you've lost your first round pick uh, Joshua Kelly's a guy if he's been on your bench he needs to be in your lineup right now he's he's gonna have a huge game this week if we were doing sure things sleeper of the week he was gonna be mine CD Lamb he's another guy Tom who's kind of busted out here who people really didn't know what to expect here coming into the season and what do you think about guys like this and this overall philosophy of looking at things long term here and not just in a vacuum yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree here. I mean, these three players are definitely like the prime examples of people that I would bench and just sit and wait until they provide me with a few weeks consistent production. And then I'd make the decision, do I want to try to sell high, get me somebody else who I know will keep producing at this level, or do I want to get rid of them? But if if I just lost Saquon Barkley, all three of these players are the type where – I change from hold my nose and stardom to these are the players I'm legitimately taking a look at and getting excited about because I need people now. I mean, like take Lamb, for instance. Lamb was pre-draft my top wide receiver in the class. Like absolutely my favorite, no competition. Well, except for, you know, Jerry Judy, yeah. But when Lamb landed with Dallas, I was like, that's too many mouths to feed. I don't think he's going to get that great of a role or at least not right, you know right away he won't be the one there but i mean no, he's <laughs> well, look- i should have you know he's already doing the he's, thing he's, he's looking already ju- doing it. he's looking almost just as good as amari cooper out there honestly and he's looking oh, better than gallup yes. right now so it's it, amazing it, he's he's hustling right it, it's it, it's this all kind of relates back to that that notion of what we talked about a lot on this show and throughout the industry of staying in between a lot of people know is staying water we have our opinions coming into the season we like certain guys we're low on other guys but right now you have to keep taking this information watch with your eyes take in that dive deeper into the stats later on just even looking at the box score and really seeing who was getting the targets who was getting the attempts that that is big stuff right now so tom speaking of that and kind of diving in deeper to these box scores who are some players out there right now that uh, our listeners can maybe get, go out there and kind of grab on the cheap? They might may, may be out there as a free agent as they're listening to this show today. Um, for me, I think the person I'm targeting highest right now um, is probably Devonta Freeman. Um, I know he's 28 now. He's Last year, he looked a little bit old, a little worse for wear. Like, he wasn't... 
the player he was before, but he still had a few really good games, like games where you were very happy that you had him and you played him. I mean, he helped me win the championship last year because he put up a 33-point game against Jacksonville. Um, And I think that looking at his contract with the Giants and stuff, they're going to give him opportunities. Now, it might take him a few weeks to get himself aligned there, but yeah, I, I think that in enough time with the way that they use Saquon, like he's a good, he's a decent pass catching back right? too. So I think that there's going to be an opportunity for him to end up eating up 80% of the backfield share there, both in runs and targets. So I am most confident in him as a season-long replacement so like if you know i mean obviously if you lost saquon you're you're already probably (laughs) looking there but i'm just putting my vote of confidence that over the stretch of the season devonta freeman will get the bulk of the work and end up being the best producer of the bunch i'll i'll be you know if there's one guy i'm going in on it's him or wayne gallman i don't know which one and that's why i don't want to play this game i'm not i I didn't go after any giants running backs this week I, i just couldn't there's too much. There's too much going on, too much variance. Uh, but, it, you know, a committee is probably what we're going to see. But like you said, if Devontae Freeman comes out and is he if he's a guy, and we've seen some of these running backs this year, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, uh, Todd Gurley in, in week one a little bit, look like the old version of themselves. So maybe Devontae Freeman can kind of bring some of that magic back. Uh, another, another person kind of in a timeshare is Daryl Henderson Jr., Tom. He came out this week 12 for 81 and 1 after Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown were banged up. Two for 40 in the passing game. Uh, he looks like he looks like the guy I've been hyping up all season. He's been a guy we, we've touched on this show that I, I love. And he looked like the guy we saw coming out of Memphis. Do you do you put any stock in, into Daryl Henderson? Um, I definitely think like you could f- put some stock into him. Like, I'm not doubting his talent. I'm just concerned about how his role will stay forever. You know what I mean? Like, long term. Uh, I will say, though, if he puts up a couple more weeks like like this last one, I don't think even with two other fully healthy backs that he's going to – like, he'll be the one with the bulk of the timeshare work. Um, I I was impressed. I mean, you know, last time we talked about him, I was pretty, like, avoiding – like, I wasn't super high on him, but I was – I was very impressed with this last game. I mean, he really ran hard and he acted like he really wanted to to be there and to be the guy. So I think that he's definitely somebody that I'm going to keep an eye on now. Cam Akers, again, not taking another victory lap. I, I don't want to do that here, but Cam Akers was a guy I said was my bus candidate this season because there is so much variance in the backfield. I was more concerned about the offensive line, which has somehow looked really good. And I'm not sure how because it's 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 mostly the same guys we saw last year stink it up. So uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., I like him. Uh, Tom, another one I, I like here uh, that's kind of a sneaky pick that no one's really talking about this week is Curtis Samuel. Nate touched on him in his Tuesday column. And uh, this is a guy who might be splitting the backfield now. And we normally saw him as a receiver in the last couple seasons. Yeah, this is definitely a, an interesting thing. I mean, last year um, I was looking at some of his games where he, you know, a receiver, and he was doing well. Like, he was definitely somebody that I was keeping an eye on to see right. how he would improve into this year. And then he comes out and starts being more of a runner. Like, he's definitely – they're using him in a, an interesting way. I usually am not a fan of, like – the utility players, like where they just kind of Swiss Army knife him into wherever, because a lot of times that doesn't lead to the greatest fantasy production. Right. But if he, you know, with CMC out, if he carves himself out a, a decent role for at least the next few weeks, I mean, that could be too good to pass up. It's a fun storyline. It kind of reminds me of Ty Montgomery a couple seasons ago when he was pretty relevant in the in the Green Bay backfield after being a receiver for them for a couple seasons. So. I like it. It's a fun story. I'm not sure if he'll be super effective, but uh, they were even giving him carries before before CMC went down, and he actually led the backfield in carries. Still, Mike Davis only got like one carry. I think everyone's like kind of freaking out and like going after Mike Davis, like he's he's just the only guy. 
Curtis Samuel is definitely a fun name to to keep in mind. And Tom, why don't you uh, give us your final two picks here, and I'll I'll round out the show with one final one. All right, sounds good. Um, so for me, then I come to Drew Sample um, with the Bengals. He's a tight end there, and obviously, you know, Uzuma is done for the season. Another unfortunate injury. Um, but Sample, it looks like the you know he'll be the locked and loaded option there at tight end for them. Um, I, I think you know Burrow has utilized his tight ends well so far, and I think he'll continue to do so. Um, Sample is definitely somebody that is he he's got that energy about him that's kind of the same thing as like the to me where it was like the Waller thing like. Sometimes you just get that gut feeling that somebody is going to have like a right. a breakout type performances going forward. And Drew Sample, I think, is the one that I'm most interested in. I mean, last week he ended with nine targets. You know, if he if a tight end gets nine targets every game, he was just getting uh, fed. Like, that's he was somebody just I want. Fed at the end of the game, they weren't covering him. Yeah. Burrow's going they back to him again and him. again. I have I have a waiver claim for him in in the Scott Fish pool today, and that. I've been waiting, like, those go through at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and I was like, I've, I've just been waiting, been waiting here. I have a couple, I spent so much money on Benny Snell last week, like an idiot, and now, <laughs> <laughs> and now, I'm, now I'm sitting here, I have, like, 56 fab to get through the rest of the year, and I'm like, oh, but I want, I want this guy. So, yeah, I, I like him as well. I think Burrow, Burrow has proven to be, he's going to be an elite talent. I think Drew Sample is going to benefit from playing with him this year. Uh, who who's your last one playing with possibly a uh, another elite quarterback there? Um, this one for me is um, those you know Devonta Freeman and Drew Sample are more my season long type picks, um, and then my final is Enkil Harry, is a player I've been hyping up since he came into the league. Um, definitely make no bones about that. I have some bias here, but it seems like with Cam now, um, he might actually start carving himself out a role. He got twelve targets. Eight receptions, 72 yards. I mean, not the greatest game known to mankind, but 12 targets. That's so encouraging. Um, he's starting to get that trust from Cam Newton. You know, when he's looking downfield, he's looking at Ankiel Harry now and not just Julian Edelman. Uh, so this, for me, is definitely one of those things where I am feeling pretty confident that Cam is in his good form right now. And as long as he's in his good form, I think Kill Harry is going to get work. So I'm pretty confident right now if I need to fill in for MT or somebody like that and the waivers starting to thin out a bit, I have no problem picking up Harry, starting him this weekend, and just seeing where the chips fall. Yeah, I, I think Nikhil Harry. I, I saw actually uh, the Cam Newton owner in one of my leagues go out today and, and get you know get that stack, and I thought I was like, wow, that, that's a really nice you know discount stack you got cam on discount this season and he's been amazing and Nikhil harry's been looked looked good he's looked kind of like the guy we wanted to see last season so it's nice to see that i think he's i think he probably will be a top 40 receiver this this season i mean it's hard for me without him getting a lot of touchdowns and it seems like anytime they're within the five yard line cam's gonna run it but he's just gonna <laughs> superman his way in there oh man sony michelle is you can drop sony i, I, I don't want to say that <laughs> but like I, i've had damian harris in so many leagues and and i still think he can be a contributor when he comes back but he's not going to score many rushing touchdowns unless they're from behind the 20 uh that that's my only concern with Nikhil harry i don't see a huge i i, I he could blow up in a game and you know grab eight for eight for 120 and a touchdown, have a big game, something like that. I, I think that's in his wheelhouse. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a great one for now and kind of see what happens long-term here with the Patriots. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep uh, kind of slinging it because that's really not in – we haven't seen that out of Cam Newton in a couple seasons and or Bill Belichick. B Bill's got to be smiling right now. I know. I, I feel like I wonder just what he's thinking watching his quarterback like – you know, I mean, Cam Newton has always left himself kind of vulnerable to make runs and stuff. And that's, I feel like for as calm and cool as Belichick is all the time, he's got to be like freaking out a little right now, just watching his quarterback like risk injury at every available opportunity. <laughs> that Sunday night game was amazing. 
Cam Cam's back. Uh, I'm gonna say it. He, this guy has worked hard, and it's 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 exciting to see. Yeah, it, that I mean, whew, that was a heck of a game. And uh, I just want to round it out with one final, uh, one final guy to keep in mind as we're kind of replacing these these studs that have gone down with injury. Uh, it's Keelan Cole. 11 receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's a wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, DJ Chark's a little concerning right now. Hasn't gotten the target volume that we saw last season with Gardner Minshew. It seems like Minshew's been very favorable of Keelan Cole, who's been probably getting less, less you know, shadowed, uh, less coverage drawn to him. So I think he's an interesting play. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's definitely kind of like another one of the ride the hot hand situations yeah. you know clearly she's got an eye for him right now and he's finding him in the end zone and stuff so that's definitely one of those um situations kind of you know like harry where if i gotta plug in for an injury um i'm definitely definitely comfortable picking him up and running him this weekend yeah absolutely uh nice dfs play as well um but tom i think that's gonna be a bit about it for us today uh, trying to keep things tidy, try to keep things neat here for our listeners. Uh, we're going to have a lot more content coming out for you this week, though. we got columns coming out every day until Saturday. got a little NASCAR column coming out for you on Saturday. Uh, we, we even started doing Sunday Brunch, which is just a series of videos coming out on Sunday morning, uh, kind of just about the players we're starting, we're sitting, any last-minute injury news. So definitely check that out as well. We're going to try to bring you as much much good, wholesome content as we, we can this season. And, and Tom, I, I don't think the uh, in-between fantasy football podcast is any exception to that. Couldn't agree more. All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us. And everyone, stay safe out there. Keep your heads. Uh, find your find your inner peace this weekend as we head into week three. Because you had a bad day. You take it one down. You sing a sad song just to turn